Welcome to episode 39 of the Making Disciples podcast, where we are furthering our knowledge of Jesus Christ and the gospel so that we can go to the ends of the world and minister. Um, so today we are actually introducing 1 John as our curriculum, as what we are going through. And I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me through the process of the parables. A lot actually happened. We went through 18 parables. There's 39 total, but a lot of them taught on the same topic. And actually, in the midst of us going through the 18 parables, we actually reached our 1,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. Um, YouTube's actually our biggest platform. So if you are listening on any other platform, please make sure to check it out because there I post highlights daily, um, just high parts of every single episode, uh, really convicting clips. So please make sure to check that out. And if you're on if you're on YouTube and you're looking to listen to the podcast or watch the podcast, but you know, like I said, not necessarily be glued just to YouTube, please make sure to check out one of my other platforms. Like if you're you know, driving down the street and you can't really watch it. You can listen. Um, you can also watch it on Spotify, but you can also just listen if you would like. You can do that on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or iHeartRadio. So guys, I am very grateful. So to start it off, we're going to be doing First John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. But before I dive in, I want to give you guys a roundabout as to why we are deciding First John. One of those reasons is First John is probably my favorite book. It is probably one of my favorite letters written in the New Testament. And number two is it's very pertinent to the topic of discipleship. You almost can't get any better when it comes to talking about discipleship. And there's many key reasons to the lessons of First John and what it teaches. And some of those reasons include to express the joy that comes from following Jesus Christ. There is only true joy and fulfillment in following Jesus Christ. Number two is standing firm against false teachers, being able to know the scriptures backwards and forwards so that we can know what we believe and why believe it. Number three is to assure true believers that they have eternal life. And then the opposite of that is to make known to those with false assurance that they are not saved. And we're going to dive into those last two later in First John, but it's very important to be able to know what you believe, why you believe it, and where you're going to spend eternity. Because in our generation, there's many people that don't exactly know where they're going to spend eternity. So First John makes it very easy. If you do not know where you're going to spend eternity, if you do not know if that you are saved or not, First John gives you assurance. So if you want to, if you would like, make sure to go through First John on your own. I will be discussing it and be diving deeper into it throughout the next couple of weeks. And yeah, I am looking forward to this journey. John makes it very clear and sheds light on what it truly means to be a believer, to not be a hypocrite, and to not hide behind the standard of cultural Christianity. He sheds light on how we're supposed to live and to not make false professions and not being a liar. So without further ado, let's dive into verses 1 through 4, John, uh, 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And this passage today is meant to showcase why John wrote the letter. He states at the very end, so that our joy may be complete. And there is joy in knowing the truth in knowing that you are not following a lie, but fulfillment in knowing that you are following the truth. Many atheists 
there may not even be hardcore atheists, but people that genuinely don't believe there's a God because they don't want to seem stupid. They don't want to seem like they're following the lie. So they're very hesitant when it comes to any religion because they don't want to be guilty of being tricked. And I think that's true for many Christians as well. If an atheist can prove, if you have proof beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ did not raise from the dead, I want you to tell me because I don't want to be trapped following a lie. Knowing Christ has brought fulfillment to my life. Not just knowing about him, but knowing him intimately having a connection. John here is writing from his own personal experience, and it shows the intimacy with Christ, the life that every true believer seeks to have. John makes it very clear that he has seen and that he has heard. He mentions it many times in just this passage, and it makes it very clear that he is not just making these things up or he's taking someone else's word for it. Instead, he proclaims that he was with God, Peter, James, and John, he was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1.16, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. This is, of course, Peter, but John was an eyewitness as well. Like I just said, Peter, James, and John, he was one of the three on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus Christ, and he walked and lived with Christ he saw and he touched and he heard the profession and the teachings of Christ and he had the relationship that every true believer seeks to have. He actually knew Jesus. He wasn't a Pharisee or just someone who came to his sermons or the Sermon on the Mount, but he knew him. He lived with him. He walked with him. Now, John uses the phrase, the word of life, and many people may read it and think that he's talking about the scripture. He also states that the life was made manifest to us. And if we go to John chapter one, verses one through three, and the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. John is talking about the same word and the gospel as he wrote in first John. And off of this, we get the understanding of what this letter is about. And it is knowing God and knowing the truth and having confidence before God. So what do we take away from these verses, verses one through four? And it is that John shares with us in this first part of this letter, his own testimony and his own experiences. He does this in hopes that we would share fellowship with him, that we would share fellowship with our fellow brothers and sisters, and that we would share fellowship with God, the triune God. Just from these verses, let us not forget why we disciple and why we share the word of God. Don't forget to share the work that God has done in your life for his name's sake. We disciple so that others may have fellowship with us and so that others may have fellowship with God. We want all to come to repentance. The more that are in the kingdom, the merrier that it will be. In doing so, in discipling and sharing the word of God, God makes our joy complete. There is always joy in the assurance that you are in God's perfect will, in knowing that you're not alone in this world and knowing that God uses you to bring glory to his name. Nothing that the world offers will ever bring you joy. Experience it now in Christ alone and submit to the calling that he has for your life. We are all to be disciples. Matthew chapter 28, before Jesus Christ ascended in, uh, to the right hand of the Father, it was his last command, and it was to make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So do not neglect that calling, but learn today what it means to be a disciple. Do not be spiritually lazy and sit around and 
you know, wake up in the morning and don't do your Bible study because you stayed up late one night or not do your Bible study late at night because you would rather rest and, you know, feed yourself with the entertainment of this world, but instead seek to further your knowledge of Jesus Christ and seek to know him intimately and submit your body as a living sacrifice. Do not completely reject or neglect the calling that God has placed on your life. And I try to beat that to the ground because it's very important. A lot of so-called Christians are lost in this world and don't know what it means to truly minister or share the love of Christ. They know that God is in control. So if God wants someone to hear the word that he will do it on his own time, but how will they hear unless there is a preacher? We are called to be disciples. We are called to go to all nations and spread the word of Jesus Christ. So be a disciple and count the costs and realize that it's going to cost you everything to take up your cross. So do so with the joy, for the joy of the Lord, and rest assured that you are in God's perfect will and God works all things for the good of those that love him. So that's going to wrap up episode 39. This is the start of first John. And I know the message was pretty short, but it's pretty much just stepping our foot into what first John offers, what we're going to be discussing, why we're discussing it. And it's very impactful to discipleship, very pertinent. And I pray that you guys are along with the journey and I thank you for being with me this far. And I can't wait to see you in episode 40. God bless.